0: And so, and so that's I think an important context to note, yeah. because I think when people hear some of the people in the West are going to hear some of what you just said, and cringe, ah yeah, uh, because, yeah right. because they're they're thinking from their context that's very different, right? Um, and so I think I think, but I think you've communicated very clearly, um, yeah. is that we set it up and and the, the commitment is there, for a reason and for the liberation, uh, it's not it. it that's what's really first. is yeah. a Liberatory, educative process. Yes. Um, not merely getting some diploma. It's not, it, it, that's, that's trivial. Yeah, some people
1: might think, oh, they want to keep it for a long period of time to give certain kind of, you know, to... Uh, what do you say? Some may even think that uh, we're trying to brainwash, brainwash them, them <laughs> by keeping them for a long... Here, you see, there are no boundaries. There are no boundaries. You've been here. You've seen here. Children are, you know, children are uh, communicating with people from different parts of the world.
0: Okay.
1: They are playing with them. They are learning different languages. Mm-hmm. They are experimenting on entrepreneurship. They are going out to the market selling things for the community, mm-hmm. and they are just having interaction, you know, left, right, uh, uh, and center, you know, right. with everybody. So the, the, there is no one idea that we are perpetuating. The idea, of course, there is this great, the, 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 the overall encompassing philosophy of Mother and Sri right. but there is no one religion that we follow. There is no one particular, uh, uh, you know, uh, theory that we follow. Uh, right. We believe that everybody has that innate possibility, innate uh, nature, and one has to discover that. That's right. the only right. thing. <laughs> and whatever aids into that process... We say we provide it, we right. try to bring it, right? So we have volunteers from different parts of the world with different ideas, different ideologies, different religion, different race, different uh, languages. And they are constantly communicating with our students. So there is no way that we are trying to, you know, <laughs> brainwash them and right. create some kind
0: of. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I, I wanted to bring that out because because I mean, from the psychological perspective, Um, the the democratic nature is actually the exact counter of what you would consider, uh, what psychologists call a total situation. So there's the fear of immersing in a long-term and things like that. Mm -hmm. But but what you've described from the very beginning and what I've seen here is that it is open. It is an open system. It is that the the children are uh, freely interacting Uh, you know they really are it is an immersion but it's a voluntary immersion right it is that you've created such a welcoming place where those children feel that they belong Mm -hmm. is that they develop an identity and it's informed yeah by the ashram but it is not determined it is not controlled it is not those things that would be defined the exact opposite that the brainwashing type thing, that the cult thing, right. um, is about control and overwhelming them and and uh, you know sleep deprivation and you know those all those other things that does not have any.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Our children as
1: as free as anybody in the world, you know.
0: This is the Agentic Schools Podcast, where you will learn about schools from around the world where children's agency to make decisions about their learning and living is more important than their academic skills. I'm your host, Don Berg. Hello and welcome to the Agentic Schools Podcast. I'm here with someone I know as Veda. Um, but I'm sure you have a much more name <laughs> more of a name than that. So uh, I'm gonna have you go ahead and, and we're at the um, Surya Aurobindo Yoga Mandir uh, ashram and, and within that you are the principal of the school here. Mm-hmm. So uh, just give us a little, uh, our audience, a little introduction. Say your proper name <laughs> and tell us about the school. Yeah, Hi everybody. Namaste. So this is Veda. Uh,
1: my full name is Vedananda Pandey or my students, they call me Vedadai, what What this means is, dai means brother, so all my students they call me uh, Veda brother, and uh, I have been working as the principal of the school for the past about nine years now, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as I finished my studies uh, I think it was like at the age of 24, since then I've been working as the principal of the school, And uh, yeah, I've been interested in education for many, many years and I grew up in the ashram itself and when I was four years old, I came to the ashram and ashram was in its beginning phase and uh, my uncle, who is the founder of the organization, he brought me to the organization and, uh, and I've grown in the ashram nice. and I'm, I've grown in the philosophy of the school, philosophy of the ashram, and
0: f- which is uh, the philosophy of integral education right on right on so um, to kick off sort of getting a little deeper let's tell me a story about um, a particular student that in this case it might even be you uh, a particular student who really got great value from the school really uh, took it to heart um, and 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 you know kind of blossomed through what the school has to offer
1: um, there are a lot of stories but I think it's easier for me to talk about my own story in some ways Um, And of course, we can get into the stories of the other. It's easier for me to know, I mean, (laughs) I know a bit (laughs) more about myself. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I grew up in the ashram environment and initially the ashram was not a school, it didn't have Mm. a school as such. So we had very, you know, open kind of schooling where we studied different languages, we studied a little bit of mathematics, science, but most of the times we were playing in nature you know, helping uh, uh, the ashram grow and uh, helping each other. And from the beginning itself the idea was uh, that human life has infinite possibilities. Mm. This is the idea with which we grew and this is what we tried to explore uh, from the beginning itself. So if you want to check your limit you always have to push it, Mm. right, in some ways consciously. So that conscious pushing has always driven me to explore my own possibilities Mm. and uh, Sri Aurobindo's philosophy is based on the philosophy of integral education what Sri Aurobindo says is that human being is not only the physical body it's not only the vital part of uh, it doesn't only have vital dimension Mm. vital means the energy the desires all that you know emotions and so on and not only the mental aspect, but it has the other dimensions which is yet to explore and is now we are at the right time where we need to explore the psychic and spiritual dimension. Mm -hmm. So for that, uh, I think Ashram has given me that environment where, uh, you know, uh, one is directly or indirectly made to explore that unseen dimension of Mm -hmm. human human life. Mm Through different, uh, uh, you know, uh, different activities, different uh, in uh, you know inclination or different way of ways of thinking about life. Mm-hmm. So, um, from right from young age, I've, uh, uh, I've always engaged in taking responsibilities, mm-hmm. becoming a conscious human being, becoming conscious of our own emotions, our own desires, and carefully channelizing our life. You know. Direction, a, a direction that is filled with intentions, right? Mm. We live a life which is, uh, yes, we, we act very spontaneously, but at the same time that spontaneity is not real spontaneity. It is born out of desires, mm. born out of the pressure of the society. We feel that it's spontaneous, but to be able to listen to oneself, one has to clear out all the coverings that we have gathered mm. throughout our life, right? From our past life, we believe in past life as well. Right. And also the present life and uh, so in that sense from the beginning from young age itself taking responsibilities uh, developing that uh, true nature of human life to be able to love somebody despite differences Mm -hmm. despite despite disagreements all that has really led me to really you know accept everybody even though they are different Mm -hmm and after finishing my eighth grade here i mean uh, i i was admitted to a nearby school we we, we used to walk uh, down the paddy fields uh-huh. now it's not anymore there <laughs> it's covered with the concrete buildings uh, we attended a very simple school because ashram was not you know financially in a sound state mm-hmm. and then after that i got the opportunity to study uh, some, uh, further my school education in, in the town mm-hmm. uh, which was also kind of uh, you know, they provided us free education there. And then after that I got scholarship to study in India. I spent about uh, three, four years studying mathematics and science uh, physics in India in one of the best institutions nice. on scholarship given by Indian government. And then from there I got to travel to Germany to further my studies. And after that I decided to return immediately rather than get into job life and so mm-hmm. on because I was uh, that the drive to serve that drive to take care of others mm-hmm. and the ashram was there in me and I felt that ashram needed someone to take care of the education someone to take care of the future generation because uh, the school uh, that uh, my uncle had started it mm-hmm. really needed uh, that kind of push, so I, I, I enjoyed returning back, and I started dedicating my
0: life, yeah. and I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> that's important. <laughs> um, so so one of the things that, that is really, um, we've been we've been you hosted our iDec, thank you very much. <laughs> and 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 one of the the key phrases that's on on all the big posters and things is, uh, sortiopendo. Said, um, you know, true, uh, true, uh, true teaching. Yeah, yeah. The first principle of true teaching is that nothing can be taught. That's right. That's right. And and so hosting an idex seems really that that seemed like an a, a, an ideal saying. You know, I was like, wow, you guys really nailed it. Um, <laughs> right. So tell me about the the how the ashram school um, had kind of how does it handle the democratic aspect like. You've hosted it, you're, you're part of it, and, right. and you have your, your teachings, your foundational teachings are about sort of the, the, the humility that a teacher must have mm-hmm. uh, in approaching a student. So so tell me about how, uh, how that fits with Nepali, you know, uh, schooling, you know, mm-hmm. how to compare. Um, and so tell me about kind of how the democratic process works here. Well, uh, I think uh, our approach to democratic learning... Uh,
1: It focuses on the uh, on the freedom that lies within each of us Mm. and that is very very important right you may develop a system that supports democratic learning Mm. but actually the teacher has to develop that attitude from within he has to truly believe that the seeking of freedom is the ultimate and you cannot find freedom because you develop a system of course systems are important but at the same time you see as a teacher Uh, I teach many subjects, Mm -hmm. Uh, I love teaching, I spend a lot of time with the students, and what I have felt is that when a teacher assumes a position and and starts to think that, okay, he he is someone who is imparting knowledge, that's where the problem lies. The thing is, it's not about you teaching, Mm -hmm. it's about you growing. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely, you know, that's the fundamental idea where the teaching... Sri Aurobindo's philosophy rests on you are not serving someone you are serving yourself
0: Mm.
1: you are not putting out knowledge to somebody you are expanding your consciousness Mm. and everything that we do in life whether it's teaching whether it's working with the children whether it's uh, you know uh, having a laugh with the children whether it's walking whether it's uh, mowing a lawn or whether it's picking some rubbish lying on the streets and so on every action must be directed towards expansion of your consciousness Mm. and if that attitude is developed in each and every child or or each and every especially teachers (laughs) not child what really happens is the teacher seeks freedom Mm. and teachers thought process from uh, from being someone who is Uh, putting out knowledge from that perspective it changes to looking within oneself. What happens when a teacher is encountering a child or is with a child learning or teaching let's say teaching in that inverted comma sense uh, teacher has to observe himself. Mm -hmm. This is the process. How, How are emotions being developed in the teacher? How is teacher taking the whole process of you know process of sharing that knowledge. Mm -hmm. If there is a problem with the student is it the problem is not with the student absolutely not the problem is within oneself Mm -hmm. the the way a student reflects the way the the kind of uh, attitude that student reflects is your own attitude being reflected on a child Mm -hmm. that is what we should learn and that's the reason why Sri Aurobindo says that you cannot in fact teach anything Mm -hmm. You cannot teach. You can probably just be. You can be there,
0: right. at the
1: most. You can be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And teaching is like an excuse for one for teachers actually to be to be very frank is an excuse for teachers to grow themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So this Sri do directly uh, Sri Aurobindo's philosophy is really involved with expansion of consciousness yeah. if any system that inhibits the development of consciousness the system is not worth enough. Mm-hmm. it's not good enough
0: yeah.
1: and you see uh, we, we may develop certain systems that aid democratic learning but over time what happens is it becomes a, a boundary it becomes a, a, a cage in itself mm-hmm. so therefore that also has, has to be broken so to find true freedom of course we have to develop democratic learning processes but these democratic learning processes also should continuously change wow. and it should change how do we know that it should change it should one knows if the system is truly supporting the development of consciousness one can truly experience it mm-hmm. if it is helping in the development yes that's the way if it is inhibiting or not helping then probably there is another way. Mm -hmm. So that's what we constantly look forward Mm -hmm. in our teaching processes. Whether it's the collective consciousness, the individual consciousness is expanding, is becoming wider and wider, or it's becoming shallow and narrower or narrower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's where the democratic learning comes into
0: our schooling. So, so... Um, one of the themes in my podcast has been that t- that very type of flexibility is that there are ways that the you know the sc- schools may start in one place and you know it might be sociocracy or, or holocracy or uh, some you know majority voting whatever the thing is and then they develop from there um, so what are some of the ways that that decisions are made or that now actually let me clarify something first uh, um, the school is has students in residence so it's a boarding school boarding school right you have both boarding and day students
1: no only boarding students only, boarding students. only for those who are residents of this school okay okay
0: so so that that's an important thing to know um yeah. especially with the question i'm about to ask is, um so so there's a certain um school the Nepali government says there's a certain things that have to happen in a school, yes? right. Yeah, and then and then the the beyond that, then the students are in the community. They're in the ashram, mm-hmm. and so uh, how are decisions? Is that a democratic process of making decisions about how what goes on in the ashram, or is that how it, it, does the democracy democracy extend to their life outside of school? Um. Yeah. So. D- uh, taking uh, to take
1: your first uh, uh, concern about uh, first thing about uh, you know having school having students in the in the campus itself
0: mm-hmm.
1: so we believe that learning is a 24-hour process you see yeah. and if you want to develop a certain environment it's extremely important in the context of Nepal I'm not sure about the outside world but in the context of Nepal what happens is you know th- there are certain the, the Ashram wants to develop certain atmosphere around children where they feel that growing is a 24-7 process. It doesn't happen only in the school. Mm -hmm. So therefore, our particular concern is that we only take students, those who are going to be here Mm
0: 24-7.
1: So that they completely immerse in in the lifestyle of the ashram. And of course, others are also invited to come and visit. Their parents are invited to come and visit. They can come and stay with us. They can serve the ashram and so on but students should be and must be together. And it is a family-like environment that we want to create. Mm-hmm. It's not like there are hierarchies and so on and so forth. It's not like school in conventional sense, right, right. where there are teachers, professors, you should listen to them. It's like a family that, in a family you have different responsibility. Like Father has a different responsibility, mother has a different responsibility. Children have a different responsibility. So um, probably children are not going to take parents' responsibility, right, because right. in that sense, that kind of equality and that kind of democratic processes are ingrained in the whole system. Right. So like I said, they call me Veddai and uh, the founder, uh, they call him Mama, Mama means uncle. Mm. So it's like living together 24-7. Mm-hmm. Even if you look into their, uh, you know, uh, accommodation, the kind of accommodation, they are all, there's a mixed group. A child is living with other few students who are of different age groups so they mm-hmm. will act like guardians yeah, yeah. while they are uh, in the room mm-hmm. you see mm-hmm. so this this is extremely important for us and the other part that uh, you were talking the the, 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 the decision-making how does the decision making happen so there is of course there is one part which we do not want to change, Mm -hmm. which is the principles of learning or principles of the school which is laid down by Sri Aurobindo and the mother Mm -hmm. based on the integral yoga. Why are we here? We don't want to change that. Uh, No matter what happens. We don't want to change. We are here to expand our consciousness. We are here to build a community which fundamentally believes in the development and the infinite potential of each and every individual. And if we strongly feel that it is contra- any, any system is contrarian to that ideology and philosophy, we don't want to change. Right. And anything that aids is, of course, welcome.
0: Right. Right.
1: And regarding other you know, decision-making, for example, in the school what happens is generally in the morning there is always an assembly at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So it's a student-led assembly. Uh-huh. So teachers are just lying around outside, you know, and they're just helping, they're just aids but uh, the senior students with the younger ones, they actually organize how the day is going to look like. So if, uh, for example, some students in the context of our ashram, some students, those who are new, they do not know a lot of things about hygiene. They, they do not know how to wear clothes. They, uh, they don't know how to behave. Mm-hmm. And all these problems arise. Right. So in this assembly, what happens is these senior students, they formulate a way to go forward, for example, there are leaders. They select leaders, and these leaders check, keep a regular check. Uh, they check regularly. These check in the sense that they take care of these students, their children, right? right, right. And uh, so this assembly is like one of the uh, most important part of uh, right. the, the decision making. Mm-hmm. And on Fridays, especially if there are if there are problems that have occurred throughout the week. What happens is we sit together we discuss about it how why when you know Mm -hmm. all those things can be discussed there and um, if students themselves come up with a solution it's implemented without having to consult with the teachers it goes along but there are certain aspects that uh, we need to also be part Mm -hmm. and uh, and the other the ashram life also has this democratic mm-hmm. processes where in the evening we are all we all gather together in the meditation hall for meditation uh-huh. so during the meditation hall everybody has the right to say what they want to say uh-huh. if there is an issue if there is a problem if they want to do something and then if people agree with it we go ahead with that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, you see the thing is uh, the democratic process in the ashram is mm-hmm. Is not like a written uh, uh, document or a written way or a, a very well-crafted way it's a very spontaneous mm-hmm. way where there are you know where there is no hierarchy and everybody it's a fluid kind of hierarchy
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: every child has someone with whom they feel comfortable right. and that they share with that individual and that person approaches somebody else and there is no certain path to reach, you yeah. know, to make the information reach to a particular place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anybody can come to me, anybody can go to somebody else, anybody can go to the founder, it's right. all, the doors are always open. Mm-hmm. And we
0: can go to somebody, it's, uh, it's like that. So, right. Right. so, so the, the adults have been in, the ashram has long been around longer than the school. And so the adults basically developed a community process, a way of living together, holding the ideals and the ideology. And then the school came along. <laughs> um, and no, so actually
1: it happened simultaneously, more or less simultaneously, okay. Okay. because in the beginning we didn't have adults. Oh, really? I mean, only founder was the adult and along with them, we, we were children. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. And that's how he passed, right? Uh, in some ways, he translated those ideals into the system. Ah.
0: Okay. So and we,
1: we grew up in, those, in that system and uh, abiding by those uh, ideals.
0: Right, right. So The point still holds. The, the point I was making is just that through the founding process, the, the, the ideals were held and, and, and a system developed. Right. It may not be written down, yeah. But but there's a there's a sense, there's a yogic tradition behind this, there is, you know, there, there's a cultural tradition behind right. this. And so, these children are not showing up and, you know, not knowing what to do entirely. Mm-hmm. They may not know hygiene, they may not know how to behave in this one, or, you know, but there are expectations and there's a cultural support for those things. This okay. is, one of the things I find is that um, the, the schools that have been successful for for any length of time, find some culturally embedded way of doing their school Mm -hmm. at Summerhill, it was you know one thing at sudbury it was another and here it's a it's a different one right right so but but you found a way to to express nepali culture to hold sacred the the values that your founder brought Um, and now you you've simply grown in that Mm -hmm. and have come back to uh continue the work yeah, that's
1: great. I love that. That's <laughs> very, very important also, you see, because what happens is uh, human being comes with certain knowledge. this is the ancient uh, philosophy or experiences that uh, we have learned, We've come to know that the sages and the saints of the past, they have said that human being is not an empty slate. Right. One may believe that it's a child is an empty slate, but child also brings certain uh, knowledge or imprints or impressions from the past life, Mm -hmm. and if we do not rely on the good imprints that each individual brings from the past life, you cannot possibly create a strong foundation on which the child grows. You see, in the sense identity, you see, we talk about identity, and identity is important, mm-hmm. right? To feel that you belong to something, to 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 have that to have that innate nature nourished, yes. is very very important. Like rose, rose is a rose, right? Yeah. You cannot yeah. say, oh, I want to grow a lotus out of rose. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, in the school we are completely embedded in 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 Nepali culture and Nepali tradition, mm-hmm. the spiritual aspect of Nepal. But at the same time, we have something new in the sense that we do not want to stick to the superstitions, mm-hmm. to the rituals right. that that binds human being to accept something new that is coming.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: You see, Sri Aurobindo always says that if you want to get something new, you have to empty yourself. You have to find, you have to make s- some part which is w- where you can actually, you know, uh, something, if it's not, if, if the bowl is completely filled, n- no new thing can come. Mm-hmm. So hold on to the best of what you have mm-hmm. from, the, uh, uh, from the past, mm-hmm. but also keep some part that is empty to hold on to some new consciousness that is going to down, dawn upon. Right. Right. So that's why we have yoga, meditation, you know, uh, we have karma yoga, we call it as karma yoga, that is service, service to the divine. Mm-hmm. The concept is to serve, not to make something better, mm-hmm. not, to, not because your ego is going to be satisfied because you help somebody, yeah. but to clean yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To see in each and everything that there is Supreme Consciousness residing, mm-hmm. the inner truth that is that holds everything together. Right. Understand that you have to continuously engage yourself in service mm-hmm. without any expectation. That's very, very important. Right. Right. <laughs> so this, this is like the crux of, uh, of the philosophy, of the cultural aspect that, uh, uh, that ashram imbibes mm-hmm. on ashram. Mm-hmm.
0: Goes forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I, I, I can uh, say that that at least in science of psychology, we have also realized that no child is a blank slate. That was a bad idea. <laughs> 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 um, and so, and so, the, it, it's an interesting confluence. Is that once again science is validating some ancient wisdom um, in its way. Um, uh, so that's I, I, I like that. Um, yeah. So, so.
1: And, and to add on to that, what mm-hmm. I would like to say is, yes, no child is a blank slate. But it doesn't mean that the child has to be clutched with the past impressions also. That's also very important. Mm-hmm. And Sri Aurobindo says that it is the dawn of the consciousness. If, if we work within ourselves, what happens is the new consciousness or the expansion of consciousness can clean away all the, you know, the impressions, the the, the the horrible impressions in some ways right. that we've carried. Mm-hmm. So we we are in some ways free in that sense. We right. are free in that sense, right. but the work must be done.
0: Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, so so the, the you can see it in in sort of the idea of generational trauma this is a, a way of thinking about right. that and then saying, you know, the 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 way the brain works is it, it, it holds that to some degree, mm-hmm. but we can also heal from that. Right, yeah. exactly. So, so the flexibility of the that's brain, that's it never ends. Um, and so there's always the possibility, the potentiality, mm-hmm. to, to move beyond whatever that trauma was, right. whether it was mm-hmm. this lifetime or oppressed. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and, and mostly, I think it's important that we understand that it's not about suppression of, of the trauma. Right. It's about uh, how do I say? It's about uh, you know. It's like when there's darkness, if you bring a light, a candle, mm-hmm. darkness
0: evades away. Right, right. And and I I think one way of saying it is that rather than suppressing a trauma, what you're doing is developing a new relationship to it. Right. It's like you you don't deny the past. What you do is you acknowledge the past. Mm-hmm. And and the personal work is what is my relation to that? The personal work is oh, am I, you know, angry about that? Am I holding anger? Am I expressing anger? Or any of the it could be any of the emotions. Um, But then what what relationship do I need to have with that in order to be nurturing and nurtured and 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 be uh, fully you know to, to be more fully connected to because because the the problem with trauma is just that it takes you out of the present that it takes it it, it destroys your relationship to the present Mm -hmm. and so the new relationship to the past needs to be how can i acknowledge it and then be present to whatever is true now not have my consciousness defined by the trauma Right, right. My consciousness needs to be defined by what is present yep. here and now, yep. and a greater consciousness would be about uh, not just here and now in our physical being, but here and now thinking more broadly. Like you, you could put it in ecological terms and say, "Well, what does what does what does my relationship to the earth mean? What does my relationship to society mean? What right. does my relationship to myself mean?" To even turn it, flip it around, and go internal. What do I need to be to care for my myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it can go either way, okay. and then the, the, the consciousness is not just the the chatter in the mind, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's both something deeper inside, but also much more expanded outside. Right.
1: That's 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 precisely. Uh, uh, I I'm, I mean I get it. Yeah. 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 That's, that's like what Sri Aurobindo also tries to uh, talk about. How you know, the 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 point is that. That we get stuck with the trauma of the past right. because somehow we identify ourselves and we confine ourselves and define ourselves through those lenses right. Right? right but if you can expand and you if you can build greater relationships with greater or with 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 the world around you what happens is that becomes a very very insignificant part or let's right. say yeah um that really you know uh uh or, i mean it just vanishes in some ways <laughs> right so it's it's like you become a, 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 your your individuality becomes more and more universal universal right,
0: right. so so <clears throat> so one of the things that that i like to talk about when about schools is not just the school itself, but its relation to the greater context mm-hmm. um, and so I'm curious because uh, what is your relationship to the Nepali government in terms of in terms of curriculum and things like that are they do they inspect the school do they like how closely do they man- like are you beholden to them in terms of your curriculum or things like that is there? So yes, I mean Nepali government
1: at the moment doesn't want us to you know have our own curriculums, mm-hmm. have our own way of doing things. Mm-hmm. They have uh, they define even the dates for the exams and suggest us many, many things in that sense. And of course, uh, every child must appear for national exams. So, and we have to provide detailed documentation about the child, in what year he is, what subject he is taking, and uh, whether he has passed the exam, he or she. And all that we have to provide is a data.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, regarding, of course, out of the school, we have certain amount of freedom. We can teach them or we can, uh, we can create an environment where child grows in a different way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have to make sure that it fulfills the demand of the government. Right. So that's why, for example, in class 10, we have to, uh, we have, to have eight subjects and all the compulsory subjects like mathematics science english all of these subjects must be taught mm-hmm. and the students must pass if they want to go further in their yeah, you know further in their schooling or university or, a, or yeah. for job and so on and uh, there is a regular inspection about how the child is doing and uh, what kind of uh, whether we have uh, whether we are following the, the the methodology that the government has uh, defined right. and uh, we have to regularly attend their meetings and so on yeah. but we try to you know give them a bit of a challenge as well by, by uh, saying that there is an alternative yeah. mm-hmm. it's not uh, the government way is the highway or uh, is not the only way yeah. uh, but then uh, it's pretty hard at the moment because mm-hmm. we do not have many you know alternative schools So we tried initially, what happened a few years back, what we did was we wanted to include some other curriculum. Uh, We wanted to mix up a few things because they have these different school types that the government has defined. One is the one is like this Gurukula, which which is a little bit more about, uh, you know, Sanskrit and uh, the ancient, uh, you know, uh, schooling method. And the other one is modern one, which includes science, mathematics, and so on. We wanted to have mixture of both, mm-hmm. and that's why we wanted to uh, uh, we wanted to make sure that we design a new curriculum where students, those who want to learn ancient languages, also should have the opportunity to learn mathematics and science and computers and so on. Mm-hmm. So we looked for that, open, uh, you know, that possibility, but uh, somehow we. Uh, We we failed, you know, uh, but I think in future we have been proposing that, uh, Mm -hmm. yes, those who are in conventional school also, they should be able to learn Sanskrit, uh, the ancient language, because that also has certain, you know, uh, values of the culture and that may give that uh, foundation to a child to grow and prosper. Mm But then, uh, it's pretty hard uh, to yeah. find an alternative. like in the IDEC also, we we had a, a politician here. Right, right. Uh, I mean, one of the politicians, he was uh, very much into, okay, we need world class, world class. It was all about world class, you uh. see. What about Nepal class? What about mm-hmm. our culture class, right? And uh, this mindset is a bit of a challenge at the moment. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, I mean, th- this is just one example of the same challenge occurs everywhere. everywhere right? uh, but some places it's just more challenging than others. Like, I mean, your your context is particularly challenging mainly because you seem to be the only alternative, you know, the only, you know, democratic, you know, there's, you don't have, uh, I mean, I, I actually, it's interesting because I've seen as we're driving through town, we're doing our touristing thing and and I'll see vans that say Montessori, and but they seem to be, you know primary level or medium pre yeah. so so it's that's like in the US, there's very little higher level, you know, higher levels of Montessori. Um, they exist, but they're just few and far between.
1: Initially, actually, the school was not registered. Yeah. But then we couldn't have children without registration. Right. We had to register. Right. We didn't right. want to have exams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And government was always asking about report cards, yeah. <laughs> what right. to do. Yeah. yeah. And then we slowly started exams. And then Government provided us with a document mm-hmm. that first terminal examination, we have to submit how much marks they have gotten, second terminal examination, third terminal examination,
0: yeah, yeah. and I mean, what to do, you see. Right, right. Is it to exist or to be compliant. And yeah,
1: I mean, either we should give up because, uh, or we should keep on continuing uh, our work. Uh, and somehow, you know, continuously work so that in future, hopefully they will, because of us, mm-hmm. because, and somebody believes in us and they also start another school which is, right. which believes in that, and slowly that movement can change, you see, yeah. and that's what we believe, you know, we have to keep up with the work. Right. We may at the moment, we may uh, have to fall in line with a certain aspect, but slowly, as we work uh, more and more, in we show the example of through our students and what they are capable of i think government will slowly also start to believe that there is another way to education right right
0: yeah yeah and i think that you know that's a bit of what my work is focused on is is how do we bridge those gaps between kind of the alternative world and and the mainstream and say okay what is a language that perhaps could translate over and you know how can we pull lessons from something that looks so different Uh, but still have a common language because the human beings are common to both, uh, thus psychology. (laughs) Well,
1: look at this. We invited a lot of educators actually to Mm -hmm. come and Mm -hmm. be part of IDEC. Right. Right. Uh, Educators and also the government officials. Right. From convention. So not many were interested. That's right. So so the bureaucracy, from bureaucracy, we had hardly any people.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Because uh, it was like, what is this, you know? Yeah, uh, but fortunately we had the minister who came in who supported the event, yeah, and that uh, was uh, something that was uh, fantastic.
0: Yeah, when when so Joyce was a professor at Portland State University uh, for 32 years, I think. Um, and so over the last 10 years, we would have events at PSU at this at the university, and we would go to the education departments. Hey, we're having this event, and you know, show the Summerhill movie. We showed several different films about alternatives and. And it was rare. The only time, I think the first and only time we got the someone from the education department to come was when we invited them to be on a panel to discuss uh, that. Yeah. But yeah. they didn't just show up <laughs> spontaneously. Yeah, right. They were the same thing. You have to call them for a keynote or
1: <laughs> <laughs> to call right, them right. for a panel. Just, otherwise, it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I had hoped, actually, there was uh, some of the um, One of them was, was very kind enough to listen to us, but some were not very uh, interested. They were there to deliver a lecture and then they went off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: so we, we, we feel your pain. <laughs> okay, so, so one of the things I like to ask is, is about any school that has developed an, an, and, you know, this one's been around for a while. For a while. And so one of the things that happens is that there are unique things that uh, uh, either like a jargon or, or code words, or, or just something that that's unique to this place, but that, uh, share one, or if you have it, um, that that would then be of benefit to the re- to others if they if they knew about it. in the sense, can you can you elaborate? Uh, so, to, so for instance, um, one of the schools I was interviewing, they had this thing. Uh, I forget what they called this, um, but it was a way to have have everyone focus in one place. So they mm-hmm. would do this, or um, or at uh, village free school. Um, they had the uh, stop seriously. You know how children will play and it gets too rough. And so one has to be able to tell the, you know, they may say stop, but then everybody thinks you're playing. Mm-hmm. And so they came up with a code word, which stops seriously. So that means, no, you really have to stop now. <laughs> uh, okay. so, so, but that was one that, that uh, other, other schools have variations on that theme. Do you have anything?
1: Um, I think uh, off the top of my head, uh, generally... It's like uh, I mean in Nepali, whenever there is I need to gather students, I say uh, uh, it's like uh, there is one like something that like ilaj Garni. It's in Nepali. It means don't be too mischievous <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to get attention. For for example, a child if we have a big group and. Uh, they're Doing something, and the teacher wants their attention. Then, elagicum, elagicum, uh, mean, it means it means means medication. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have to medicate ourselves in some ways. You see, <laughs>
0: that is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> now, it plays differently in the West, but
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's not medication in the uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. medicine but sense, you yeah, see, yeah. it's yeah. like.
0: Uh, let's be together, right? Yeah, then let's be together. Please hear me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it, Translating phrases is, is can be tricky yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cool, cool, um, okay, so so l- Let me think about this a minute um, So so uh, one of the other kind of aspects I'd like to get at is conflict resolution, mm-hmm. so um, Now you've described some of it and it sounds very informal for the most part um that once a conflict comes up between two kids then then you know there's going to be some support just from their uh group uh informally right. do they have like if, if things they're if, it, if they're not happy with it can is there more formal aspects to the, how you should resolve conflicts
1: so generally what happens is with the conflict uh, let's say two students have a conflict generally what happens is some time is given Mm -hmm. you see conflicts uh, is natural to human being and uh, some conflicts just need time
0: yeah
1: that's it and uh, it gets resolved Mm -hmm. but then if the conflict persists and if it requires serious attention what happens is depending on the nature for example uh, generally two students are made to talk with one another Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, a typical incident would be for example if somebody hits a child they hits the other one Mm -hmm. Now the thing is, you see, whoever is involved, it's better if they themselves can resolve rather than the whole system falling on it, right? And that's our fundamental principle. If things can be resolved by two or three, whoever is involved, Mm -hmm. that's the way. So generally what happens is the two, they come and just sit apart Mm -hmm. and talk about it and be there just by being there uh, it's i mean most of the times it's resolved right. if you let them they be there for half an hour or one hour mm-hmm. the conflict is resolved because you know w- ultimately what happens is over time if you give one hour approximately one hour to our students they start to realize that it was a petty thing that mm-hmm. they were you know uh, having trouble with yeah and then okay fine leave it mm-hmm. But then there are uh, problems which require serious attention. Mm-hmm. So the first is, of course, like I said, s- students, they try to find the resolution right. themselves, right. or they try to resolve it themselves. The second one is interference of the, st- of, the of the teachers.
0: teachers yeah.
1: mm-hmm. So when it comes to interference with the teachers, the teachers, they generally, uh, we have three four teachers coming together Mm. or at least three teachers Mm. and first part is to listen to everybody listen to each sides and uh, and independently Mm. without the each party has a certain amount of time they talk about it Mm. to teachers and the one who has witnessed it Mm -hmm. so the witness is also there and also the other part also comes, and the first proposition is, how do you want us to resolve? Mm-hmm. The responsibility goes to the students. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And how much, if the issue is not resolved, how much time do you need? Uh,
0: yeah. That's interesting.
1: Can we get back to it tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And uh, generally most of the problems are resolved through this.
0: Right. Right.
1: If you give time and that support, you know, generally all the problems are resolved. But of course, there are problems which can persist even longer.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes there are strict actions also that we need to take. For example, if it goes beyond the philosophy of the organization itself, very rarely, I think we had in the past 30 years we had to take if it is contrary to the philosophy itself mm-hmm. harming the whole community then uh, the student is actually sent out of the community right. uh, this is like the extreme mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. extreme one yeah. so th- th- you see the circle gets bigger and bigger in some ways right. in conflict resolution the first is the ones are involved. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't get resolved there are you know classes or the group circle uh, group mm-hmm. uh, groups that are involved friends or witnesses and so on. If not that then the school gets involved right. teachers. If not then principals and other people get involved. Yeah. And then if that no that is also not a, uh, that also doesn't take care of that then the whole community comes together. Right and we have a discussion on based on what we have and what we can do and of course it depends on how much we can take, right? right. Or the community can take. Some problems we cannot resolve right. and, and we have to take uh, an action which uh, of course we do not want to but uh, that's yeah. where the limitation rise lies and uh, in some cases we had to send a child or, or, or an adult even right. or a teacher this is not the right place, uh, so please uh, help yeah. us by going
0: up. And I think that's an important thing to note because um, that part of the reason my first season has been really focused on schools that are well established is because uh, an aspect of what I like to bring to the democratic education community in particular is to emphasize that there is an importance to the social structure that is provided. Is some people think of democratic schools as unstructured, and that's in, to me incorrect. They are structured. They're very strongly socially structured, right? Okay. Because you have to have that protection of the community itself. Yes. No system can survive if it does not have a boundary of what it is. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I think it's very, very important aspect.
1: If a community is thriving for decades, there are certain boundaries that are set, mm-hmm. and uh, it cannot go beyond those boundaries whether in terms, of, uh, in terms of conflicts or in terms of support, in terms of all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we also have that uh, system, but that system, of course, may not be clearly, you know, we okay. may not be able to clearly define it, yeah. but it is there in place. Right. Right. Where and everyone feels that they are protected and they feel secure, being in a community, okay. being part of it. Otherwise, if a student, if a child feels, oh my god, where to go, what to do, who, who should I approach, uh, you know, if a child is not able to create that uh, that uh, support system, mm-hmm. is not able to figure out that support system, child will find it very, very difficult. And that's one of the challenging things for us also. For example, a ch- new child comes mm-hmm. and they are without parents here. Right. Some child may not have parents. Some child comes here and parents they leave so immediately child has to figure out mm-hmm. in some ways that's that itself is a system you see that's that right. itself is a system yeah. child has to figure out okay if I have this problem I have to go to this person or I have to go to this this group mm-hmm. if I have such problem I feel secure here and then uh, child slowly you know within few weeks child is able to understand the dynamics of the whole community and he knows where one has to go when there is a problem if this does not work child figures out Mm -hmm. okay this is where I should go Mm -hmm. and nobody tells him that if this one doesn't work you go there but there is something like that you see this this is like the, uh, the understanding itself is like that okay child figures that out child is very very children are generally very clever (laughs) Yes. <laughs> In that sense, they figure out where to go if certain things are not resolved.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and of course for us it's like um, we are here to serve the children and by serving the children we evolve our consciousness. Right. So that's the reason why we are always, try- we try to be open and open and open mm-hmm. no matter how difficult the situation is. Right. Right. And to protect a child no matter, and also at the same time you know a human being, no matter. When it's extremely difficult and extremely challenging, yes, we may not have the capabilities to deal with it and we may have to ask a child to leave, but then that's the rarest of the rarest. We believe that every individual has divine in him, has this potential in him, that uh, this, this aspect of truth in him, and no matter what happens, if we can somehow give them the right environment, be with them, they will eventually flourish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we are ready to take that burden. The community is built in that such a way that the community itself works so hard to bear that burden at times when it seems to be impossible. Mm-hmm. It seems to break down. But then we hold on to it so that every child feels that it's their home.
0: Right. right. Nice. So... um when, so what's the full age range in your community of children? Um, some, uh, we use, I think now
1: at the moment we have a t- uh, small baby. She is, uh-huh. uh, she's, uh, two years old, I think now, wow. two years old. And uh, there is, we have a grandmother who is 96 years old okay. in the community.
0: <laughs> so full
1: age range. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so here what happens is like, uh, students, those who grow here and those who decide to live here, those who go to university after finishing university mm-hmm. if they want to get married, if they fall in love with someone and they decide to be together and stay in the ashram, serve the ashram. They are free and we have some mm-hmm. couples like that. Their children are growing here
0: okay. in yeah. the ashram
1: school. Yeah.
0: So so, um, so, the two-year-old, is that someone whose parents are here? Parents are here, yeah, yes. Yeah.
1: What's the uh, mother is here, of course. Father, yeah. we have no idea where he is.
0: Uh, what's the youngest child who doesn't have parents here?
1: <laughs> um. Now I think at the moment. Uh, I think, four years old. Four. Yeah. Four.
0: Okay. Four Right on. And and um. Let's see. Where was I going with that? Um. So. so you have, it you, you sound, sounds like you're very flexible about the age span and when people come and go and what their aspirations are. Um, so, so, so you have, I'm trying to, th- trying to put this in, <laughs> uh, in terms that that makes sense. Um, when you look at, so the ashram has been like, you have kids who've gone on, they're, they're, they're your school goes, does it go all the way to like 12th grade or whatever, your end of um, regular school? You know, like, uh, do, do the kids go all the way through 18 in terms of attending school here? Uh,
1: yes, most of the school, most, uh, almost all the students, they go till the eighteen. I mean, till they finish their schooling. Yeah. Uh, some students, after 10th grade, they mm-hmm. opt for uh, skill development. They, they focus particularly on skills okay. uh, for example it could be carpentry it could be plumbing it could be bakery it could be uh, mm. uh, it could be um, becoming an electrician or getting a diploma in some other subjects
0: mm-hmm. uh, and, and would they, they i mean you have you grow food you make food you have i mean you, the, the ashram is has a lot of Uh, Interesting things going on. Um, Are they doing that here, or do they go somewhere else and learn, and then come back? Uh, To learn, they go out. For example, there are colleges, there
1: are uh, educational centers where they learn, you know, bakery Mm -hmm. or uh, carpentry, becoming an electrician, and so on. There are some schools which are uh, funded by government or private uh, schools. They learn from there, and of course, we have a huge space and. that opportunity for them to experiment right. and learn. So and also teach the, the next generation. Mm,
0: yeah. right.
1: Now, actually, we have uh, pretty much, we are equipped with, with uh, for example, if somebody wants to learn bakery, we have a well-established bakery. And right. bakers, they can learn from them. Right. We have guests coming from different parts of the world. They engage, they stay here. And uh, they've been like bakers for probably many, many years. They learn wow. from them. Yeah. And also, if somebody wants to learn uh, Welding, you call it mm-hmm. welding. For right. example, we have a workshop where they can learn all that, and we have some you know, uh, experienced uh, uh, our old students, and they can teach. Similarly right. with the hospitality, organic farming. Right. So now the, you know, uh, now the community has developed in such a way that if a student wants to learn, he need not or she need not leave the community and right. go outside for a while, they can, in fact, learn here itself. But at the same time, what happens is if they go outside, they will have a different perspective. They meet different people. That's right. right. So meeting different people gives them different perspective of life, mm-hmm. perspective of learning, and so on. And, uh, you know, during the day, a few hours, they go out, learn, and come back and experiment and uh, even further their uh, knowledge.
0: Right. So, so they have the opportunity to discover their interest in it here. Yes. And then go deeper elsewhere. Deeper elsewhere. And then maybe come back or continue to be here. Yeah. yeah, as they're learning that. So generally, what
1: happens yeah. is uh, they live here. Ashram sponsors everything, all, all the financial uh, needs and everything. Their lodging, fooding, all that. Right. They just go for a few hours outside and they come back. And also at the same time, what happens is this that provides sustainability to the organization because right. they are helping, they are running, uh, you know, different departments, taking responsibility, taking care of the children, and so on. Right.
0: Right. So they're they're really contributing when they're here yes. and so it, it's it's win 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 forever, forever. <laughs> yeah yeah okay so uh, tell me a story of a time at the uh, in the school when um, the the community faced a challenge and then as a result they are a better school because of it i mean our school
1: yeah the challenging times um Okay. So I have to think about, I have to tell you a challenge that <laughs> led into the betterment of the school. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, in terms of infrastructure itself, mm-hmm. initially we had a small building mm-hmm. and Ashram did not have enough resources. So we were facing a big challenge uh, in increasing the number of students. Mm-hmm. And people, I mean, m- many parents from and across Nepal they wanted to admit their children. But then when they came, they saw that uh, we did not have that necessary infrastructure to hold the students. Mm-hmm. And many students were, uh, you know, getting admitted, but at the same time they were running away because mm-hmm. they felt that, okay, I should go somewhere. They did not feel that, uh, uh, they did not want to be here for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that led us to think about uh, how we can take care of that, mm-hmm. right? We wanted to have students for a long period of time, and that's the idea, you know, in the ashram if the students are here for at least, I mean, uh, 10, 12, 13 years. Yes. That really gives them the whole perspective of the philosophy, of the ideals, and they become really empowered. And then when they return back to their villages, they can truly change the village or the, 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 uh, they can contribute to the society rather than fall in the trap of the society where they have come from. Yeah, yeah. So this was a big challenge. Many students they were living here for five, four, five years and then again, okay, maybe I should not continue. They were thinking like that and then going out. So fortunately what this, this led us is that uh, someone came and saw this uh, situation here. That we did not have enough infrastructure, and uh, they proposed that we could actually ask the Indian government to mm-hmm. build a school building, mm-hmm. and that's what made us have this building here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the Indian embassy helped us in building that, building yeah. this this complex mm-hmm. school complex. The other thing that uh, we, the other very important thing that I just just came to me is also about the finance mm-hmm. so many parents they used to bring their children or relatives they used to bring their children and admit here mm-hmm. and after two three months or four five months when uh, uh, i mean they used to come and take the child away from the ashram mm-hmm. so this was a big challenge for us because you have certain investments that you make right. once you admit a child for example you have to buy books you have to buy clothes, you have to take care of them, We have to provide space, you have to organize all that and for example like uh, even 3-4 f- years taking a child away from the ashram after 3-4 years is a big burden on us. Mm. Big burden in the sense not because of finance but because the child has come at the age of 6 and he has lived here till the age of 9 and then goes back to the village without education And then goes, uh, you know, uh, uh, there and again becomes a drug addict and uh, Mm -hmm. falls into this uh, trap of, you know, of of, uh, social discrimination and all that. So this, it doesn't serve, you see. So what we did is, uh, we changed that, okay, if you want to admit a child, you have to deposit certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. Let's say uh, 50,000 rupees. Initially it was just 6,000 rupees and then we increased it. And then what that made is that, okay, if you, once they put a certain amount of money, parents or relatives, they started to, the whole thing changed actually. Mm-hmm. Now they have to think twice before taking away the child. Yeah. Yeah. It's not because we wanted to ta- have money from them, right. it's mm-hmm. just that we wanted to make sure that the parents who are really willing to put their child in a proper place, or in our place are committed in some ways so that commitment came yes. by introducing you see a certain amount of commitment from financial commitment from the parents and one-time payment you right. know one time uh, what do you say it's like, uh, like an admission fee yes mm-hmm. so one-time deposit would um, I and mean, that changed the whole thing and mm-hmm. uh, we generally when we uh, uh, talk to parents or relatives about admitting a child, what happen, What we do is we want the child to at least finish schooling
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the mm-hmm. ashram or at least after their 10th after their, their grade, they at least complete some kind of skill or they, they, they develop that mm-hmm. and finish and then they are, they can take or they want whatever they want to do because they are mature enough in some ways to take decision and, uh, and that they don't fall into, you know, what the society demands of them or what their parents demand of them. Mm-hmm. They, have, they, have, they are equipped to live freely. Yes. Some kind of freedom is there, at least because, you know, uh, when there is no financial freedom, when there is no capability, skills and so on, you have to fall into, uh, you know, sometimes you have to do horrible things that you don't want to do. And in that aspect uh, you know that introducing a certain rule, of course mm-hmm. these rules are not always applicable for example, for a child who does not have parents or relatives at all. Right, right. So nothing is asked from them. but right. if they have parents, they have to show minimum amount of commitment through. Right. Either by staying here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of the parents should stay here uh-huh. or they have to deposit certain amount of certain amount so that way you know child stays here and uh, grows here and lives here for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. and that accomplishes in some ways helps us to accomplish the mission of the ashram and child also builds that ability capability to bear the challenge of the society
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's actually a theme that i've seen in some other ones as well is that, that um it is a challenge to ensure that you're not just some experiment, Right. that that you're you're committed and you want people who are committing, children who are committed, parents who are committed if, if parents are available, you know, that that, that is something that's a challenge everywhere. Uh. Yeah. In
1: some ways you can say that we are committed to some kind of result. Mm-hmm. Some kind of result, it's not like you have to be like this, right. but we don't want children uh, growing out of the ashram to fall into this, you know, uh, uh, the, I mean, fall into this, uh, uh, the 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 pressure or the 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 uh, what do you say? The fall into the what the society puts on them or the families puts on them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to take care of that. Uh, we need to give them some tools we need to make sure that they have those tools to take care of their basic needs once they come out of the organization because because of poverty people may have to do horrible things and we don't want that from we don't want to uh, uh, we don't want our children to fall
0: into that situation you're you're committed to a liberatory liberation rather than simply passing time or, or right, yeah, right. that, that's yeah. very very we are very strict Yeah,
1: this is one of the most strictest rules that we um, uh, that we are very much uh, straightforward with the parents or the relatives right. Right. you cannot take your if you want to admit a child you cannot take your child before they finish their education mm-hmm. before they finish their 18th or 20th year in right. the ashram right. Right. and after that
0: right. <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's really important to acknowledge the context in which that's true. Yes, uh, yeah. Is that, that this is Nepal. This uh, is Nepal, this and is we are Nepal. working
1: specially with us, uh, with students. Of you know those who really need that support, economic, right. social
0: support. That's right. That's right. So so this is um, a, a special school in that sense, and that its mission and it serves a certain. Segment of the population, segment of Nepali society—it's um, not uh, kids from the rich classes coming in and trying it out. <laughs> you know, it's not that at all. That's not um, and and so and so that's I think an important context to note yeah. because I think when people hear some of the people in the West are going to hear some of what you just said and cringe. Uh, yeah. Uh, because <laughs> because they're they're thinking from their context that's very different. Right, um, and so I think I think, but I think you've communicated very clearly, um yeah. is that we set it up and and the, the commitment is there for a reason. And for the liberation, uh, it's not it, it, that's what's really first is yeah. like a liberatory educative process. Yes, um, not merely getting some diploma it's not it's it, that's that's trivial
1: yeah some people might think oh they want to keep it for a long period of time to give certain kind of you know to uh, what do you say some may even think that uh, we are trying to
0: brainwash,
1: brainwash them, them <laughs> by keeping them for a lot here you see there are no boundaries right. there are no boundaries you've been here you've seen here children are you know children are uh, communicating with people from different parts of the world right. they are playing with them they are learning different languages mm-hmm. they are experimenting on entrepreneurship they are going out to the market selling things for the community mm-hmm. and uh, they are just having interaction you know left right uh, uh, and center you know with right. everybody
0: right. Exactly.
1: so that the, there is no one idea that we are perpetuating the idea of course there is this great the, the 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 overall encompassing philosophy of mother and Arbindu. Right. but there is no one religion that we follow there is no one particular uh, uh, you know uh, theory that we follow right. uh, we believe that everybody has that innate possibility innate uh, nature and one has to discover that that's right. the only right. thing <laughs> and whatever aids into that process we say t- we provide it we right. try to bring it right so we have volunteers from different parts of the world with different ideas, different ideologies, different religion, different race, different uh, languages, and they are constantly communicating with our students. So there is no way that we are trying to, you
0: know, <laughs> brainwash them and create right. some kind of... <laughs> yeah, exactly, so. exactly. But I, I wanted to bring that out because because I mean, from the psychological perspective, um, the, the democratic nature is actually the exact counter of what you would consider, uh, what psychologists call a total situation. So there's the fear of immersing in a long-term and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, but what you've described from the very beginning and what I've seen here is that it is open. It yeah. is an open system. It is uh, that the children are uh, freely interacting. Uh, you know, they really are, it is an immersion. But it's a voluntary immersion right it is that you've created such a welcoming place where those children feel that they belong mm-hmm. is that they develop an identity and it, it's informed yeah by the ashram yeah. but it is not determined it is not controlled it is not the, the, those things that would be defined the exact opposite that the brainwashing type thing that the cult thing um, is about control and overwhelming them, and and uh, you know sleep deprivation and you know the, the, those all those other things. That does not have any. Absolutely,
1: our children are as free as anybody in the world. Yeah. You know.
0: In fact, I want to tell I, I'm going to tell I you a little story problem. because um, uh, just yesterday you had someone who's considering volunteering here. Uh, she arrived from France. Um, and she was uh coming she's a teacher in france but she's a main you know very much a mainstream school and so when she showed up within one day so i we met her in the morning because she was uh come arriving as we were leaving in the same vehicle Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and we said hi and then we met her at dinner and she was amazed she was amazed that the children were free they didn't they didn't take direction, they didn't need direction, uh, we we talked uh, for a while because it was really interesting because here's somebody from the mainstream and they, within one day, she understood that these kids were really operating in a fundamentally different way because they they were free. You're right. And they knew what to do and when to, you know, they, they knew things. Yeah, yeah. And she was challenged because she's not sure she's needed here. <laughs> Because she's thinking in traditional Traditional. teachers.
1: Oh, I will go there and what kind of responsibility, what I'm going to do, how am I going to play the role in... That doesn't happen here, you
0: see.
1: Kids know what they're supposed to do and you have to also discover what you are supposed to do or what your role, you see.
0: That's right.
1: So it's not like, okay, there is a vacancy here and then we put somebody. It's about figuring out your own place. Everybody will find their place eventually in the ashram. Uh, and uh, if there is someone missing, it's not like everything is going to collapse at this right, time. Right, right? Right, right. And uh, that's the thing.
0: Yeah. And that's one thing I observed um, when I was working. I spent a year teaching psychology at the Village Free School. And and I was watching kind of... And because I volunteered there at various times, I've seen many staff people come in. Kind of intern comes in. They spend six months there. And... And a lot of their time is trying to figure out what do I have to offer here, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and, and so I think it's actually a common theme in democratic schools is that uh, you you come in and you do have, in, in a way, democratic schools are structured for the adults in a challenging way because you have to figure out who are you and what do you have to offer here? Uh, yeah. You know, it's not, you're an expert, and you get to do this. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Now, now it's not that that doesn't exist, because like I said, yes. I came in, I offered psychology, and, and I got to teach it for a year. Mm-hmm. But that was because the kids asked for it, and I happened to be available to offer it. Right, right. And so that was, and that was after you know being in that community for a long time, in volunteering in other ways, um, and then oh, here's this opportunity to share something I happen to be an expert in. Uh, so so it's really important, I I think you know. I I think that the the democratic approach is is structurally about a spiritual path, Mm. even if you don't call it that. Here you do. Here we do. Here we do. Whether you name it or not,
1: I think there is a fundamental difference because, I mean, I have come across, I mean, some volunteers here and uh, they come here and find it very, I mean, confused in some ways. Yeah. Veda what what should I do or uh, I mean uh, I mean some nobody is interested or some some I mean I don't find my place here and so on Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh, in few days they find out that there is always a space for everybody (laughs) it's just that you have to open yourself in some ways right Right. you have to be willing to listen to willing to see through many things Mm -hmm. right And sometimes you may end up working with only one student. But Mm -hmm. if you are expecting that everybody is going to, all, there will be a system that will be created and then uh, you will be slotted in a particular place, particular time period, particular time frame, particular curriculum, particular subject matter, Mm -hmm. particular questions, particular answers, and particular questions that are going to come to the uh, exams and finally delivering that through result and so on, it doesn't happen here. Right. Right. Right? (laughs) It's about how much it's like you have to in some ways it's an experiment on yourself as well and you may have to you may have you you need to have that plasticity within you mm-hmm. as a volunteer to adapt yeah to the situation of a, a democratic school right in a democratic school you might you may you may not immediately find what you want Uh, can do but if you are open enough if you are plastic enough you will find out eventually like something beautiful that you can offer Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. wonderful actually let's call it there yeah (laughs) thank thank you you so much um i really appreciate it and um oh in before we finish up completely uh tell our audience uh where can they find out more information
1: so if you want to know more about uh our organization, you can visit our webpage www.oronepal.org and uh, auronepal.org. That's our organization website, and you can write an email to me that's uh, uh, A-U-R-O-V-E-D-A, auroveda at gmail.com if you want to know more about the school, more about our philosophy. More about what we do and the activities that we run for our students and globally, also because we run various different uh, programs like yoga, meditation, uh, what is integral education, philosophy, all that oh, yeah. you can be found out. And you can also subscribe to our uh, uh, Substack, also. We have a yeah. Substack newsletter as well that right. we have recently introduced. So, yeah, everybody is invited to come and join us here. Yeah. Like Don has come, and uh, <laughs> yeah. hopefully, he has liked it
0: yes uh, very much uh, and I, I also want to put in a plug for uh our Nepal's uh your travel services Is yes it, uh, that we have been lovely uh, had lovely guides and we have been well supported in our travels with with the whole crew that, that... yes yes
1: our students ex-students now they're adults they're supporting the organization by running uh, travel and track as well yeah, uh, that's where our students explore entrepreneurship and all that, tourism and all that. So if you are planning to come to Nepal, you can, you know, just let us know. Write an email and uh, we'll organize your travel here. Exactly. That we Perfect. have a beautiful hotel where you can stay, hostels. Uh, so th- this is a community uh, for a lifetime, you know. Yes. Uh, it's a family and once you are connected, it's always there for you. Yes.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you so much.